0: I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Episode 220. Well, surprise, surprise, I have something to talk about. A TV show? Yes. Because that's what I did. Look, I just haven't felt good. And so I've just been sitting on my couch, well, relaxed on my couch, reclined, watching TV. And, well, Karen, you know, our assistant, not assistant, her and Ted F from the Facebook group—they both recommended *The Boys* on Amazon. There's two seasons out, and it's like superheroes, but then you see like that they're actually kind of shitty people. Uh, and I had not—I hadn't watched any of it. Um, I binged it in like a day. Mm. So good. I also watched the new *Stranger Things*. And I thought it was ending, because this is the final season. Benched that, got to the end. Like, I didn't know it was the end, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, but got to the last episode. So I'll just let y'all know, the second installment comes in July. Okay. I was like, look here, I have waited long enough for this season. And there was no warning that it was going to be split in two, or at least to my knowledge. But I was, I was prepared to like have it all wrapped up. Didn't they do that to, uh, whatchiduchi with the things, the Ozarks, the Ozark, Ozarks? I don't know. I never watched. Plural or. I watched the first season. Oh
1: yeah. I don't like that when they do that. Can you just let me, let me end like, so you really, you have two more seasons. Like you're not just doing one final season. It's really two seasons. Like, let's just call it what it is.
0: Mm -hmm. And I was emotionally ready for it. And then I was like, wait, what? What? So that was my weekend on the couch with Marley. Also, I was on TikTok because that's what I do. Also, um, and I. You sound like Patrick. Because that's what I do. Also, yeah. And I'm I'm so pretty. (laughs) And I'm so this. Um, but I learned that when a dog lays with its butt facing you, yes, it means that it's like could protect you. Yeah, and it like loves you and uh trusts you kind of thing. But she always lays like that. But then, like, when I, was, I almost took a picture and be like, who is she protecting? Because she had, like, one leg kicked out straight. You know, she was, like, snoozing. And I was like, I mean, thanks for trusting me. But, one, I am reclined back, and you know it's a electric thing, and it takes a long time to get down. Mm-hmm. And, two, you're not a spring pup anymore, so you're not protecting me from a lot. I think she could if she had to, though. Oh, yeah, well, if anyone stands behind me, um, she starts this anyone. Um, how do you know that, Donna? Well, take appointments. <laughs> but also Tiffany was scratching my back and Marley was like, Rrr. I was like, See, I told you. It is literally anyone. But you know, she used to do that when I would uh will my dad mm-hmm. anywhere. Like she's cool with him doing himself. Well, that's weird. But yeah. But if I got behind him and I'm like, I am helping him. Bitch, mind your business. And she's like, uh uh-uh, uh, uh uh. But I don't know what it is. I mean, maybe I did scar her from the dick appointments that she has seen. But we don't, we're, we don't need to know more. Yeah. You know what I do need to know more of? Jim Harold's campfire. Well, I was going to say, if you're talking about scary sights, Jim Harold does have some scary stories. <laughs> <laughs> That have nothing to do with your dick appointments. <laughs> no, thank goodness. Have y'all heard about this podcast? I mean, I'm sure you have. Jim Harold, he is like the daddy of paranormal podcast. Well, his podcast, Campfire, is where listeners call in and they tell their scary stories. So it's like you're sitting around a campfire sharing your scary tales. And we know y'all love those stories.
1: Y'all listen to our Sinister Sightings. And so you love stuff like that. So, you're definitely going to want to check out Jim Harold's Campfire. Look, it's ordinary people sharing these extraordinary stories of encountering the paranormal, like ghosts, UFOs, cryptids,
0: all kinds of supernatural. There's one that's a ghost story involving serial killer Ted Bundy or a young man who encountered an eight legged demon. Why are there going to be eight legs? Like, why is that going to be like spider esque? <laughs> Also, who has time to count the legs on a demon?
1: I don't know. But then there was a story of this alien abduction. But, like, it could have been reptilian. Y'all know, this is right up y'all's alley. If you listen to this podcast and you listen to all that stuff that Donna tells y'all. But, like, look, not everything is, like, oh, my God, a reptile kind of thing. I don't think it's a reptile, but you get the point. (laughs) But, like, some are heartwarming. Some are just, again, just like our sinister sightings. Some are about loved ones who have passed that... Are visiting or near-death experiences so it's not all aliens and ghosts well that's
0: still a ghost but you get the point <laughs> yes so you could be on the edge of your seat in terror but also you know crying while you're listening to the podcast because it you know tugs at those two heartstrings that you have you have two
1: how'd you get two I just have the one <laughs> So, look, do us a favor, tune in to Jim Harold's Campfire on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. Y'all, okay, y'all know I have a pool. Very, very, very lucky. When I bought this house, it had an in-ground pool. And so it sounds like I'm bougie, but I'm not. I'm bougie on a budget. So... We
0: need merch, because you say that all the time. Bougie on a budget? Yes. Okay, how do you not know what you say all the time, but then you say things that you say all the time, but you really don't? I don't know. I don't know what you you're just like, said. You're like bushy on a budget? I've never said I that. I really
1: didn't know I've ever said that. Oh my god, Karen? Well, anyway, we got a problem. We got a horse fly problem. Oh my god, me too. And they are monstrous this year. I'm not even joking. The last joint of my finger. Like like fro- like my whole thumb. Yes. I'm like, "What in the fuckity fuck?"
0: And those bitches are coming inside. Oh, I already had one. You know, I almost uh, whacked all my <laughs> all my cabinets last year because one got in, and they just fly like like beetles almost. Well, because you know? they fly straight
1: up. They can't fly side to side. Like they, So, like, when they lift off of something, they fly straight up. Trust oh. me. I've been looking at traps. <sighs> we made our own, though. We got beach balls, and they look like butts. Colby said, those <laughs> things look like butts. Because we got beach balls, and Colby put some tape around it so that we could stick like these washers to it to put wire, like, you know, rope, whatever that thing's called. And then we spray painted them black because they're drawn to heat. So Mm. that they would, you know, be drawn to the hot thing. Well, because of how the tape is around it, it kind of pinches it a little bit so they look like a butt. And so we spray painted them black, and then we spray painted this um, sticky spray on it that's, like, for bugs. First of all, that shit was not cheap. And um, it was the only can in all of the town
0: oh my gosh
1: ace hardware lowe's home depot tractor supply all the places it was the <laughs> only can and they closed at five and we got there at 458 oh my gosh like, sorry well is it working i mean there was a few but there was a, a horse fly in the room last night so colby's in the bathroom. i was like there's a horse <laughs> in here he's like hold on i'm almost
0: done well because i'm so nervous me it's like okay yeah it hurts me if they bite or whatever, but I don't want it to bite Marley. Yeah, one was on
1: um Jax's butt the other night, and we were like, "Jax, get it!" You know, like try to get it off of him. Yeah, because we were in the pool, and he was just like, like he would like wiggle a little bit, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it, it bit him. Oh gosh, <sighs> those bastards! Because we have woods right beside us, so they're mm-hmm. so bad, and they get in the garage. We set off a little bomb in the garage
0: the other night. Yeah, I know. Well, woods all around my house, and. I will get in my car and they're like bing 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 yes. i'm like oh my god i'm being attacked and marley's like window down please window down i'm like no, not till we're going we pull in bing 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 i'm like oh. y'all what if you know anything because there's a
1: youtube video of a guy that makes a like a a thing where you catch it and like a mason jar but you gotta have gotta get tool and a hula hoop and all the things and i was like can we just do just the ball part of this please thanks
0: yeah, if you know anything, we are desperate because these horse flies, they're not horsing around. Hey! <laughs> okay, well, since that was so bad, let's just go right
1: into Patreoners! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Aaron H. from Canada. Jackie S. from North Carolina, Christian D. from Virginia, Carrie C. from Florida, Melanie H. from Wisconsin, and Samantha H. from Ohio. Thank y'all so much for joining Patreon. If you want all these shenanigans and more, head on over to patreon.com
0: slash theapcpodcast. right, well this week, for my story, we're going to Canada. Nova Scotia, to be exact. This is a recommendation from Jackie L. in the Facebook group, so thank you for that. Mine's a recommendation too. Oh, well, surprise, surprise on that. True. (laughs) Just kidding. I don't know. Why'd you try to get all sexy?
1: Surprise, surprise on that.
0: Well, I didn't. But God, Colby is so lucky to have (laughs) (laughs) me. Okay, so we're going to be talking about the McDonald family. It's Alexander, who goes by Alex, Janet, and their 15 year old daughter, Mary Ellen. Like I mentioned, they live in Nova Scotia, and this was back in the day, like starting December 1921. Oh, and something about Mary Ellen, she was adopted, but I don't know if adopted's the right word, only because their relatives, John Peter and Annie McDonald, they had four children, and John Peter worked at a mine shaft. Well, there is an accident with a falling box of coal and it killed John Peter instantly. For a while, Annie did what she could as a widow to make ends meet for her family, but she had four children to feed and herself. Well, Janet said that they could take and care for Mary Ellen and they would make sure she went to school, was fed, you know, was cared for. And so that's what they did. So I don't know if they outright adopted her or like it was kind of like a foster situation or what, but she was living with them under their care. Also, they lived on a farm and you know, I laughed at that. You know, I did. McDonald's Old McDonald's, on a farm, Mm -hmm. E-I-E-I-O. With an oink oink here. Why are you saying that when you're looking at me? I didn't look at you. I know. I was saying (laughs) it about internally. Uh Uh-huh. So they lived on the farm, and their neighbors were around, but they weren't super duper close. But they were close in parts, you know, so maybe their neighbor could see into their shed, when he's feeding his cattle, you know, that kind of thing. So, like, so maybe their houses weren't right next to each other, but their property did like butt up against each other. Well, people started to talk about some strange things they were seeing at the McDonald farm. They saw some weird lights, a blue orb of light they heard strange sounds and some people said even when they went to try and figure out what was causing the sounds they would start to like have issues breathing and they were only able to breathe normal again once the noise stopped. And it wasn't only outside the house either, because some people had heard noises inside too, more like banging noises or loud clattering noises. But everyone just kind of waved the weirdness away, like, okay, you know, you reason it away. But then things started to disappear. First, it was just clothes from the clothesline, which that could have been the wind, whatever but then it was more like blankets from the house went missing and they were found in the yard, buried in mud. Then there were three rugs that were found in different tall trees and even a new saddle went missing, but was later found buried in the woods. One time, Alex was doing some farm hand work early in the morning, as, you know, farmers do, and he noticed that some of his horses and cattle were loose from their stalls. Well, he put them back inside And before he could blink twice, they were back loose again. So he was scratching his head about it, but it just was like one of those must be kind of like a bad day or I hate today, I need to go back to sleep, that kind of moment. Well, he thought nothing of it. But then a few days later, he was scratching his head again because the animals weren't loose Per se, but the horses were where the cattle should be, and vice versa. Then, also, when he was checking over on them, like to make sure that they weren't harmed or anything, he found several of the horses' tails bobbed or the hair was braided on the horses. Alex believed that it was some of his workers or Mary Ellen playing a prank on him, so he questioned everyone, and of course, they denied having any involvement. But the animals continued to get loose. So Alex and the farmhands got busy and began to add more barricades so they couldn't get loose again. Or if they did, like someone is doing this because they're going to have like a shit ton of work. We're going to like hear them having to like undo this barricade. But the animals did get loose and it was beyond frustrating when Alex would be met with cows at the front door when he was going to feed them
1: and that shit ain't cheap like a cow like all this farm stuff like that's
0: their livelihood right right but also it's in the dead of winter and so like the horses in the stalls and all of that like they're put away To be warm and all this. And, like, if they're just roaming around, I don't know how animals work. I'm just saying. I feel like, because I see the horses around here, if they're out and not in stalls, they have, like, a jacket on. Yes. And so, like, I'm just thinking that this is Mississippi winter, not Nova Scotia. So, you know, like, I feel like that would be really unhealthy for them. So, like you said, their livelihood. Well, one morning things started to change. Like it wasn't now just with the animals. Alex was heading downstairs and he had like a whole morning routine and he was doing his thing. And one of the honeydews that he had was to light the fire in the range. And that way it would be nice and hot when Janet got up and was ready to cook breakfast. So it was like a nice thing to do, but also like he profited from it. like. Because she... Profited? Not but His belly profited, okay? (laughs) Okay, God. He was reaping all the benefits. (laughs) Because, I mean, I'll do the same thing, too. Oh, yeah, I'll get this ready for you if you cook all the stuff. Sure thing. Well, the thing about it is how their house was built, that range could heat the whole house. And that's what they used. So they would have the fire going, but after a while, it would die down. And so it would be cold for a little bit. But then again, you know, they would add wood, it would warm up and all the things. But it seemed like there was a fire going on like just before he got there. And it was now down to the embers, but it looked like the wooden boards were scorched that were above the range. And as Alex was trying to figure out all this shit going on, he heard a loud whoosh sound and felt heat behind him. And so he spun around. And there was this an upholstered chair that went up in flames without any warning. And it was like nine feet away from the range. So it wasn't like, oh, it was because it was super close to it or anything. And there was like, and that's what caught on fire. Like it was nine feet away. Luckily, it was still winter. So he basically just threw it out in the snow. And it snuffed out the fire. But just when he thought he had that handled, he saw the couch start to go up in flames too and had to drag that out into the snow as well. And he couldn't understand how this was happening because he was the only one downstairs. Time went on. Things went back to normal-ish. But there were a few times where Janet woke up to smelling smoke, alerted Alex, and he would find different things on fire inside of their house. Luckily, he would be able to put out these fires quickly, but it was still upsetting and unnerving. And to take that unnerving part up a notch, once the part that was on fire was the chimney. And so he got icy hot water because it was like on the outside of the chimney. Like, okay. I was like, how the fuck is a chimney supposed to have fire? Yeah. It was like inside the house, but on the outside, if gotcha. that makes sense. Yeah. So we got icy water, put it out. So the chimney is drenched in water. Because obviously he couldn't put that in the snow to snuff that out. Alex was going back upstairs. But when he got halfway there, the chimney went ablaze again. But it was drenched in water. Another incident was when the wallpaper started to burn. And so Alex had to pry some of the boards that had the wallpaper up And this time, it was raining outside, so he just threw the boards outside to extinguish the flames. Janet saw that there was some kind of cotton cloth that seemed to be around the wallpaper that was burning. Also, like, why is it got to be fire?
1: Okay, not only whatever this is, it's fucking with the animals, which is their farm and their livelihood, but like... A
0: fire, like you're trying to burn my shit down, right? Well, right after this, Alex was exhausted because him and Janet were both older, like late sixties, early seventies, so they were just overwhelmed with all this stuff happening. So, like, I don't have the fucking energy for this, right? I mean, I don't have the energy, and I'm thirty six. Anyway. So, Janet took Mary Ellen, and they went to the neighbor's house, which belonged to two brothers known as Leo and Dan McGilvery. They told them what happened, and so they agreed to help out however they could, and they also picked up another neighbor, Duncan, and they all went back to the McDonald farm. They found Alex basically in shock. He was shivering, just kind of staring off into space, like this poor man, exhausted. He had put out three other fires while they were away. The men agreed that they would stay at the McDonald's and help Alex overnight in case any of the fires kept happening, and they did. They had, like, ten different incidents.
1: Jeez.
0: Yeah, and some, just again, like, made you scratch your head. Like, when a washcloth was in a bowl full of water, but it was caught on fire. Like, the washcloth was soaked. Like, how's that even possible? Right, Leo was asleep in a chair and he saw one of those blue glowing balls of light and he saw it through a doorway. So he moved toward it and that's when he saw a window shutter just like burst into flames. So at this point, the McDonald's moved out. They were staying with neighbors and stuff like because they couldn't feel safe in their own home. But the unexplained activity continued. A neighboring farmer, his name was Fraser, And his son, they were cutting hay, and they saw flames on the roof of the McDonald House. So they went running toward the house, and they had to run down in a holler or, you know, a valley. (laughs) So they couldn't see the house for a short bit. But when they reached that higher ground again, the house was fine. There was no fire at all. And so they told their family and friends, but they were just like, Oh, that was some, like, sun doing some illusion shit. And it made enough sense, so they were like, huh, yeah, okay. Mm." But still, they were like, God, no, I know what I saw. Like, that was fucking fire. Then there was another incident that two other neighbors said they saw a hand that was waving a white cloth out of the second-story window when they knew no one was inside, because for both of those incidents, the McDonald's didn't live at that house right then. But because of all of these fires and other weird shit going on, people began to talk about the house being haunted or the land being cursed. Word got around to a newspaper, and then they sent a reporter, Harold Whitten, to interview the McDonald family and their neighbors. I thought you were going to say Jim Harold. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he saw the evidence of the fires and stuff, He made a second trip out and brought along a detective called Peachy Carroll. First day, totally uneventful. And, you know, Peachy was just rolling his eyes. But the second night of their investigation, they heard strange noises like that had been described before. And then Whedon... I hope I'm saying these names right. I'm so sorry he thought peachy had slapped him and vice versa but then they both described the same sensation and they're like oh shit that's weird um okay that wasn't either of us uh yeah and so they decided to not stay a third night like they had planned They're like, yeah, it's been fun, but it ain't been real fun. We're out. Yeah. Well, Whedon wrote the articles for the newspaper and challenged paranormal experts to come check out the place. And, well, Dr. Walter Franklin Prince, a parapsychologist from New York City. New New York York City! City. Jinx. Okay. Anybody born
1: in 1990 (laughs) or or 1995 or lower (laughs) earlier? Were older yeah would know that
0: <laughs> oh well he accepted the challenge in march 1922 so dr prince whedon one of the brothers who were their neighbors and two more residents did an investigation and dr prince went through the house with a skeptical mind and he ended up doing an automatic writing experiment And Whedon seemed to be overcome by something, and he wrote out some sentences, did some weird shape drawing stuff, but nothing really sinister or anything. It was just like, yeah, something, he could tap into something there. But Dr. Prince did write up an article, and he shared his beliefs that it was Mary Ellen who was responsible for the fires, but she really wasn't to blame because she was in a dissociative state. Or maybe she was under the influence of something that was feeding off her energy, like a poltergeist. But he said that it should be noted that the fires inside were never higher than five feet, which was basically her height. As far as the automatic writing, Dr. Prince said that Whedon could have been lying or he could have been under the influence of whatever force was feeding off of Mary Ellen's energy, too. About three months after the investigations wrapped up, the McDonald's braved it and moved back into their house because Alex was having to walk miles in the snow and shit to feed his livestock daily, to like work, do all the things, and luckily they had a few peaceful months. Question, was it uphill both ways? I think so. (laughs) But then in the fall, the unexplained fire started happening again. Now, with the articles blaming Mary Ellen, the local police decided that it was something to do with her and they placed her in an asylum because, you know, she was, quote, hysterical. She ended up being released and she ended up marrying someone and moving off. Now, people do say that the land is cursed. And so that's one of the theories as to what's going on with that. Because they say if anyone, like, removes anything from the land, the, quote, Fire spook will haunt them. Like, that's what they call Jeez. whatever is haunting the land because of all the fires. I really hate that name for some Me reason. Me too. Me too. I feel like it's very problematic. Okay. Okay. I did too. And I was like, is that, am I just, is that, is it? I just, I, that's why I said quote, because those are not my words. There's a book that I use for this and that's literally in the title. So <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> He-He, I don't. Mm. But so one woman took an egg cup from the ruins of the old house. The house, an egg cup. Remember, it's a it's a little thing that you could put your one egg on and then. Yeah, go, yeah, yeah. Very British. Yes, very, very British. Okay, okay, okay. The only reason I know it is because they use it in Ever After. Um, okay, I was watching. What did.
1: Oh, so Colby and I were watching um, the other freaking night. Because Colby's on a very hyper fixation of golf right now. Oh, we did go to the golf range. I could have talked about that earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I suck. Uh, the furthest I hit a ball was like 50 yards. Anyway, <laughs> uh, feet, not yards. Fuck, I don't know. Yeah, yards. Anyway, hyper fix on golf. So we were watching a golf movie. It was one with Shia LaBeouf. I'm unsure what it was called. It was actually pretty good. And I was like, damn you, this is actually good.
0: Yeah, is it the one with Will Smith?
1: No. Oh. He's like young in this movie. It's like the greatest golfer of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I know anyway.
0: what it is because I watched it.
1: it. It was a really good movie. And mm-hmm. I was like, damn. Like, every time he puts on a movie, it's never good. And so this one, I was like, I really need to go to bed. And here I am. It's 10 o'clock and I'm finished this freaking the movie. But um, they did it on that movie. And then um, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Because that's how he ate his eggs
0: on the nanny. Oh, Lord. <laughs> all that to say, the nanny. <laughs> well, this one woman took an egg cup In the spring of 1971, and she ended up losing her own farmhouse when she brought it back to it to a mysterious fire very soon after. Yes. So, why they say the land is cursed is because Janet's mom, she was going through, I believe, Alzheimer's, but you know, back in the day, they believed it was a demon. Yes. I mean, basically, but not real. I mean, they did. But they didn't think she like was possessed, but that she was, you know, hysterical. Mm -hmm. And so they ended up putting her in the local poorhouse. You know, the we've talked about someone going there before. And it was Janet saw the conditions and she was like, no, 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 no. Mom, you're coming to live with me. Like, no. And so her mom came and lived with her and her mom was very difficult to take care of. Because they didn't know how to take care of her, you know, and they didn't understand that she didn't know them sometimes and, you know, all the things. Well, Janet kind of just came to the end of the rope and snipped it off because she was like, Mama, you got to get the fuck out of here. What? Some stories say that she killed her, but that's not confirmed. But others say that she basically kicked her out and was just like sorry if the conditions are bad but peace and when she did that i think janet's brother is the one who took the mom in or took her away to the part like to another care facility something but he was like you know what i fucking curse you and you're gonna have a time worse than this and then later on lo and behold she did and so that's Again, they say because he cursed her. But then they also say it could be her mom's vengeful spirit coming back to like wreak havoc because her daughter, you know, wasn't super nice at the end to her. So I don't know. But then, you know, I mean, maybe it was Mary Ellen. Who knows? No one really knows. Like it's still all up in the air. All we do know is that there were several fires, like couldn't count them on your fingers and toes and different weird sounds and stuff. You know, like it's very poltergeisty, but also, I don't know, Fire scare the shit out of me. Same. And back then, you know, they didn't have, especially where they lived, it was very rural. And so like the fire department was your neighbors with pails of water. Right. So it's not like, oh, this is a blaze. Let me just get a fire extinguisher. Or call 911 and they're going to come. Like, no. At some point, some McDonald's couldn't leave their house because it had, like, so many feet of snow. Like, they were, like, stranded inside their home, you know? And, like, that was just a normal thing. They had to prepare for, like, okay, in January, you know, we're not going to be able to leave for a month. So, everything has to be, you know, here, blah, 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 blah. So, like, obviously, no, no one could come help. This is very end with an E. Remember oh, how, yeah. you know, like, how,
1: like... They couldn't come help for a yeah. long time and, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, stuck with the snow and all. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe not at all. It just it's got what I'm But it's like
0: doing? back in like the time. Oh, God, I love that show. If y'all are just looking for, it's a good show, but it's also like, it's
1: very emotional to me. Girl. Okay. First of all, I at the time was on Wellbutrin and we now know that Wellbutrin literally made me berserker <laughs> yeah. It made me a blubbering, crying mess. But when I watched Anne with an E," there were there were episodes that I was blubbering, crying.
0: Well, I wasn't berserker I mean, I do take Wellbutrin, but it doesn't make me like that.
1: Oh, it does what it's supposed to do for you. Cool. Yeah.
0: Well, I think <laughs> no, but yeah, I was not like you. But sometimes I'd have to return, like return it. I'd have to rewind it because I'm like, wait, what? where did this come from? Because I missed a whole scene because I was like, <laughs> like, don't look at me, Marley. Like, oh my gosh. That girl who played Anne. Oh, so good. So good. So good. Anyway, it's it's like wholesome, but also it is emotional. Highly emotional. <laughs> Someone's going to watch it and be like, no, it's not.
1: Well, you know
0: what? Maybe you're not taking Wellbutrin that doesn't work for you. <laughs> Well, maybe you're not messed up, okay? (laughs) We have problems. We got 99 problems. Anne with an E is one. (laughs) You know what Anne with an E never did? Never said, oh, the next half of the thing will be in July. No, they didn't do that. No, they gave you all of the episodes so you can be highly emotional for like a day and a half. Or Carrie, would be like three weeks. (laughs) I was going to say, a
1: day and a half
0: was like six seasons.
1: Okay, it is.
0: was maybe three. I
1: honestly have no idea, but I definitely didn't finish them that but quickly.
0: also, I watched them as they came out. True. Yeah, I'm not behind, maybe i I'm behind on all the times. I mean, I am behind on some things. Like I just said, I just started watching the boys. Well, guess what, y'all?
1: Babbel is back. Y'all remember Babbel, that awesome language learning
0: app? Mm-hmm. Well, y'all know my love language, Cards and Cocks. But now it's time for y'all to learn another language. And they got plenty to choose from. Over 14 different languages. From Spanish, French, Italian, German. And here's the thing. It doesn't just use like AI to teach
1: the lessons. Babbel, created by over 100 language experts. It's scientifically proven to be more effective. And it's these bite-sized lessons that are like 15 minutes long. So you can do it. Anywhere on the go, all the things, and what you don't want to learn just by that. They got podcasts too,
0: yes, they do games, videos, stories, and live classes. So, if you're like, Yeah, but I need a class, they have it for you. And even better, comes with a 20 day money back guarantee. And you know, we love a money
1: back guarantee, and even better than that you can get up to 60% off your subscription when you go to babble.com slash creep. Babbel has more than 10 million subscriptions. So that right there has to tell you something about the quality of
0: this language learning app. They would not have that many subscriptions if it sucked. Right, also, it's getting summertime so people who are traveling, you want to ask where to go to the bathroom, what's the best drink on the menu, all the things. Babel is what you
1: need. And here's the thing. you know what I thought you were gonna say about that is like it's summer you'll have time. Actually, you don't need that with Babel because it's such short lessons that you can do it anytime, no matter how busy you are. 15 minutes.
0: 15 minutes that's
1: nothing you spend triple that on tiktok so just get the get babel learn your new language Do something good with your time. Do as we say, not as we do. (laughs) So like I told you a second ago, go to babble.com slash creep to save up to 60% off your subscription and start learning a new language now. But a new language for life. Yeah, like you know their slogan or something. (laughs) Make sure you go to babble, B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash creep. For up to 60% off your subscription. Hey, and don't forget, it's C R E E P. Well, like I said earlier, my story is a recommendation from Lily Bells F in the group. So this story sucks. Like in the true crimey, like we hate them way. Golly. Not in the, like, like in the, it was a great
0: recommendation yes. because I
1: hate this story.
0: Yeah. It was just like, this was a recommendation. Also, it sucks. No. no, 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 no. <laughs> great recommendation.
1: I hate the people in this story. Great. Let me take a blood pressure pill. Okay, so this is the story of the Weaver family. I just want to say that the Oregonian question slash Oregon Live, there was an article in there that had everything broken down so well. And i that's where I got the bulk of my stuff from for this. It was so well written by Noel Crombie that, look, we got to give this person their due because thank you. Obviously, I used a bunch of other references, but this was the bulk of
0: it. So we are going to start with Ward Francis Weaver III. Ward Weaver? Yes. You know, every time I would see him, I would say, Oh, Lord, it's Ward. You know I would. You definitely would. (laughs) So
1: Ward, obviously, named after his dad. But his dad and mom, Trish, got divorced. They had a very tumultuous relationship. That word is so freaking hard to say. But it wasn't long after they got divorced that Ward's dad was drafted into the army and sent to Vietnam. But let's put a pin in the uh, junior because we're going to come back to him eventually. But Ward the third, who we're about to continue talking about, he lived with his mom, Trish, and his two sisters, Teresa and Tammy. Now, look, there's a lot of names in this one. Just go with me.
0: Lord, we already know.
1: We're like six in, and it's two seconds into the story. <sighs> Okay, so Trish, Ward's mom, married a guy named Bob. And what about Bob? What are you laughing at? No, I'm just kidding. I just had to say what
0: about Bob. <laughs> the one movie you know. Hey, <laughs> you not wrong. Um, no, because just how you said, his mom married a guy named, I want to be like, Ward, but I know she got divorced mm-hmm. or remarried, but it's just how you said it.
1: So this relationship started out a little bit better but it wasn't much better for Trish. In the long run, Bob really showed his true colors. So Bob loved to frequent bars and loved to rack up tabs at these bars. And Trish would just have to work and work and work to try to cover all of these tabs. And thing is, is that Bob would like disappear. So there were times that Trish would put the kids like in the backseat, make a little bed for them in the backseat and drive around all night from bar to bar trying to find Bob. So you can imagine what going from a, a household in which Trish and Ward Jr. had this horrible relationship and then now Trish is with Bob and it continues to be a really bad upbringing for the three kids. That's heartbreaking. But little Ward was weird from the beginning so when he was four allegedly he fell out of a second story window and of course it like really upset him and his mom to try to calm him down was like bro here's a dollar like quit crying but like take this dollar but like stop crying and so he equated four year old brain falling out the window with getting money so he like would try to fall out a window again to get money but some say that's like folklore in the family and that that didn't happen but and they're just kind of trying to paint this picture of Ward because, I mean, let's just be honest, we hate him.
0: I mean, I could see that being true,
1: though. Especially if you have a mom that doesn't have the energy because she's trying to save her marriage to, like, take care and deal with your mm-hmm. emotions because she doesn't even know how to deal with her own. So it's like, here's a dollar, stop crying, versus, yeah. like, here's food, stop crying, Here, you know, instead, right. of, instead of teaching the child how to deal with their emotions, Mm -hmm. So they didn't have a lot of money. They had to live in subsidized housing because Bob was out drinking their money away. And again, like I said, Trish was trying to do her best to make ends meet, but money was super tight. Well, in 1975, so Ward would have been basically like a teenager, like 12, you know, early, early teens. Bob had to go away to work and Ward like volunteered to go take him there word hung out for a while but word got back to the mom that basically he was just staying in the hotel the whole time like by himself not being washed and all that which I don't understand why they said they were that he was taking him there if he was that young like what well, you driving him there that makes no sense but he volunteered basically to go with him but he was staying all this time in the hotel by himself with no supervision and his mom was like no you fucking bring him home and his mom said that when they came home her 12 year old son stepped out of the car and was so angry at her that she made him come home and she says that he stayed mad at her for years and she's quoted saying that's the day i lost my son she swears that something happened on that trip that changed him forever and triggered a rage in him.
0: In the vending machine, it, his, his stuff might have got stuck like mine does. Okay, ma'am. This is a murder podcast. I don't <laughs> think that's what happened. But you know that does make you angry. Yes, it does. And now it makes me happy when someone else's misfortune is my gain. And you get too. uh Uh-huh. Well, no matter
1: how bad Bob and Trisha's relationship was, they did end up having some biological kids of their own. One of those kids... Again, another name. But his name was Robert. He was a junior to Bob. (laughs) Bob Jr.? Yes. Well, Ward terrorized him. He would do stuff like... Y'all, this is so bad. He would stand him up against a tree, wrap a dog chain around him, like pretend like he was being burned at the stake. But then he would take his face. But then he would take his brother's nose, Ward would, and put it just inches from the neighbor's fence so that their dogs that were very aggressive would be like leaping towards like trying to bite his face off
0: while he's tied to the to the tree
1: no this is a separate thing who knows how long you left it on that tree i know that i know you you don't think that was very bad (laughs) but who knows move past that because you're like oh that's normal kid play it's not but it's fun But, no, he would literally take his face and smush it into the fence and hold it there while these dogs are leaping at his face, snapping just, like, about to eat his face Yeah, no, I don't
0: do that. Mm -mm.
1: Meanwhile, insert Ward's, like, maniacal laugh and joy (laughs) in this.
0: I just love that, (laughs) why was it burned at the stake?
1: I don't know. Maybe they were into the witch trials. So, Robert Jr. also said that, like, So Ward would beat him so much that he had to create ways in his mind to like go to his happy place. Oh my god! So that he could survive and tolerate that pain. And not be Ward. So he said that what he would do is he would literally hold his breath as long as he can. So he would get to the point where he was like delirious and about to pass out so that he could no longer feel Ward punching him wow i'm like that's some navy seal shit right there like for a child to be able to be like okay i'm gonna block this out i'm not feeling that you know yeah like okay let me hold my breath i don't know like that just is like this child is literally being tortured
0: right and
1: is implementing ways to get through it like you right. know what i mean yeah his sister tammy is in this article is quoted a lot saying that um basically she can't think of a time when her brother ward wasn't hurting her wow she said that he would shoot her in the back with his bb gun now that hurts so when ward got to high school he was one of those kids that was like the rocker kid loved like the acdc you know smoked pot but was like i'm so cool because i smoke pot so he like wore his little roach clip on his baseball cap all the time so everybody would know he smoked pot but he ended up graduating from high school six months early and got a job at this Portland restaurant. He was still living at home, would ride his bicycle to work. But it was around this time, so April 1981, when he had his first really serious encounter with police. So how old is he at this point? Like 67, whatever 81 minus like 67 is.
0: That's why I'm asking you. So say 20.
1: I don't know. I think it's like seven. I don't freaking know. A family member accused Ward of raping her. What the fuck? So, the police interviewed both of them, and they ended up not pressing charges because Ward enlisted in the Navy. What? Yeah. So, they were like, well, you know, he's going off. Like, there's just no point. Wow. So, he left. Wait, the family said that or the police? No, the police. Oh, Oh, wow. Okay. To the, sorry, So he goes off in the Navy Reserve, he goes to the Philippines, and he's like a cook on this aircraft carrier. When he's in the Philippines, he meets and eventually marries a woman by the name of Maria Stout. But here's the thing. When he was in the Philippines, he had a problem with, of course, authority and, you know, not being hungover all the time and uh, actually showing up to work. So he got an other-than-honorable discharge from the military, So when he came back stateside, he went back to Portland, and he brought Maria with him. Now, they lived in the house with Trish and Bobby. And from the beginning, Ward was very strict with Maria, like controlled where she went, could she cut her hair, all the things. And there were multiple issues of domestic violence. This one time when police were involved, he had slapped her and pulled her hair, banged her head against the bed. And when police got there, even though Trish, who would be her future mother-in-law, was like pressed charges because Trish knew that he was bad news. She was like, I can't. I'm pregnant. Like, I can't. So at this point, it's 1984. They move back to Bakersfield, and he and Maria have had their first son, Francis. So, when they moved back to Bakersfield, part of doing that is because Ward wanted to catch up with his dad. Which one? Pete Weaver, the, the junior. Ward, Francis Weaver, junior. Because Ward, who you know of as Ward, is the third. Yeah. So his dad goes by Pete.
0: Okay, and that's the one that you said Little Pete. That's why I said Little Pete.
1: That makes way more sense now. Okay, so here's the deal. He was trying to reconnect with his dad because his dad had just been found guilty of murdering an 18-year-old and his 23-year-old girlfriend. What? Yeah. What? Yeah, so Pete Weaver was a long-haul trucker. Well, this guy named another Robert, Robert Radford, and his girlfriend, Barbara Lavoie, were over by the Mojave Desert, and their car was broken down. So he was like, sure, I'll give you a ride. A.K.A. he was bored, and he wanted to play. Oh, my God, gross. So he picks him up, and eventually he tells Robert, hey, I need some help with the back of my truck. Can you come help me? Well, when he goes back there, he picks up a piece of pipe and beats him in the head to death. Then he takes Barbara and he rapes her repeatedly, takes her back to his house, ties her up in a tree. Sound familiar? And. Wait, on a tree? Yes. Oh, shit. And the plan was for him to take her on the road with him so he could, like, have his way with her whenever he chose. But they got in a bit of a struggle and she bit him. And so he got pissed and he strangled her with a diaper what where he got a diaper unsure but that's what they say he he did have younger kids so he had a 10 year old son and before that kid had to go to school <laughs> what
0: he did have younger
1: kids he had a 10 year old son yeah but i think there was like more than no, just that i one. know it was just again the the way i break up my sentences yes. is, is terrible <laughs> so this part is pretty terrible Before the kid goes to school, he tells him that he needs him to help dig this hole because they had a broken sewer pipe that he was trying to find. Oh my God. So he gets this hole dug with the kid. And when the kid goes to school, he buries Barbara Lavoie in that hole.
0: What the fuck?
1: Then he covers that hole with concrete and built a deck over it. Oh my gosh. Long story short, they ended up catching him, and they think that he killed many more people than that.
0: I was going to say, I mean, he pretty much did, like, the handbook of... Yes.
1: ...shit. Yes. And they had, like, tried to use his driving logs, like, to connect him with other stuff, but I don't think anything really ever came of it. Just the fact that his words are that he picked up the couple because he had a lot of time to kill, and it was a challenge and excitement is, like... That it wasn't his first rodeo.
0: Right. That it was a challenge. Like, no one says, oh, two people. Like, I'm, even if you're a killer right then, for your first kill, you're not like, oh, two people. A man and a woman. I'm going to do that.
1: Right. Well, he did finally confess after he talked to his mama. Her name was Dot. And he she said that he needed to get it out. Like, you know, confess Well, anyway, he ended up being sentenced to death. So within just a couple of years of his father being sentenced to death, Ward and Maria were living in Fairfield, California, and they had started a little small business selling Filipino products. But this was a really terrible situation. There was so much violence in their home it was toxic among them all like maria was abusive to the kids ward was abusive to everybody it just was a such a volatile situation around this time ward actually gets sentenced to 3 years in prison for the rape of a 15 year old girl wow well the problem is he only served like a year and a half of that and when he got released this is in january of 1988 Um, He and now his four kids moved back to Oregon and they opened up another little gift shop. But the problem was they sold like meth and cocaine out of this gift shop. Wow. So there was lots and lots of police. It was just domestic violence and the selling of the drugs and just over and over and over again, all these interactions with police. But eventually in 1993, the marriage was over. She filed a restraining order. And he moved on very quickly. He met a girl named Christy Sloan. At this point, he's 31. He's a father of four. And a friend sets him up on a date with Christy. But she 18.
0: Wow. And I'm
1: like, okay, that's totally legal and all. But like, what does a 31-year-old father of four have anything in common with an 18-year-old? Like, he's got like infant kid. Like, this yeah. isn't just like... Oh, they're older. The kids are older. She's the same age as the kids, blah, blah. No, like these, these are like babies that she's going to be taking care of, you know? Well, I mean, some people like that. It is. I guess so. You're right. You're right. You're right. But I don't know. It just, again, what does a 31 year old have any, have anything to do with the 18 year old? That just feels ick to me.
0: I mean, it does. Like I was like, oh, God. But it's just because I know his past. So true. And maybe that's why
1: I'm like, yeah. Well, it didn't take long for. Christy to see Ward for what he is very very controlling of her he was abusive to his own kids he wouldn't let her go out alone he again just like his previous relationship he was controlling of who she could talk to I mean how she cut her hair everything. And he was abusive to her. He hit her with a cast
0: iron skillet. Oh, hell no. The only one allowed to do that is Rapunzel.
1: Well, he did go to jail after he hit her with the cast iron skillet. She was so scared to testify against him that the charges were dropped and they ended up getting married in February of 1996. Bless it. So after that, all four of the kids moved in with them and things seemed to be going better. They had Like I said, all four kids living with them and his daughter was like having friends, having sleepovers and don't like this. Well, one of the little girls that would come over pretty regularly and thought of them as like her second family, her name was Ashley Pond. Now, Ashley had a really, really tough life. Her dad had been sent to prison for sexually assaulting her.
0: Oh my gosh, really don't like this.
1: Well, Ashley and Ward's daughter also had another friend named Miranda Gaddis. Now, Miranda also had a very, very difficult life. She was sexually assaulted by one of her mom's boyfriends. So Ashley and Miranda lived in the same apartment complex that was like basically across the street, from the house that Ward and the kids lived in. And Ashley had basically moved in with the Weaver family because again, she had such a bad home life that she basically moved in with them until 2001 when she told people that Ward had been molesting her. Oh my god. So after that, she moved out. On January 9th of 2002, Ashley left from her apartment to go walk to her bus stop. And that was the last time anyone saw her alive. There was no evidence of anything. There was nobody knew where she went. Did somebody take her? There were no witnesses. There was no crime scene. There was no nothing to say where did Ashley go. Police did not believe that she just ran away or anything like that. But they had no proof as to what happened to her. About two months after Ashley disappeared, Miranda Gaddis disappeared as well.
0: Oh my
1: gosh. So, long story short with this, the police did really focus on Ward. They were like, Ward Weaver did this. Like, they found out that Ashley had accused him of raping her, and both of the girls, Miranda and Ashley, were friends with his daughter, Mallory. So, they were like, look, like, this, the pieces line up. But there were so many suspects because basically everybody that lived in that apartment complex was a suspect. So it was like, how do you narrow this down when you literally have no evidence? And Ward did take a polygraph because the FBI got involved, but he failed the polygraph. But he was like, look, I tried to save Ashley. She had this terrible home life. And she, he's like, I think they both just ran away is basically what he said. Well, word starts getting out that police think that Ward had something to do with this. A teacher said that before Ashley went missing, that teacher saw Ward drop Ashley off at school and them kiss on the lips, which is, ooh, she's 12. And so it was just like just some weird stuff. So again, so the people start going like, mm, this is weird and also um why does he have a new slab of concrete on his property oh my god just like his dad right and he's like i'm putting up a jacuzzi so what happens is the oregonian that I, where i got a lot of this information like, cuz again it word gets out like people think it's him they're like putting signs in his yard and everything he does an interview with them like he's like standing in his little kitchen answering their questions i mean he's a little weird like and he kind of tripped up on his words and stuff but like he's like in the limelight and fine with it. But there does come a point where Ward gets overwhelmed by all the attention and everybody in this town believing that he killed these two girls. So he decides that it's time to pack up his house and move out of town. So his son Francis and Francis's girlfriend, his son's 19 at this time, they are helping him pack up his house. Well, they had, you know, been packing, took a little break. The son's girlfriend goes to take a shower when all of a sudden it was like Ward snapped and he went into the bathroom started choking her and trying to rape her what the fuck so she like does some matrix style moves and runs out of the house in completely naked just like with the shower curtain around her trying to get away from him Francis calls 911 so it makes that house a crime scene Oh, shit. So while they're looking around, they found Miranda's remains in a shed in the backyard. Within a couple of days, they had cracked that concrete and they found Ashley's body buried underneath the concrete.
0: Oh, my gosh. Blessed.
1: So to avoid the death penalty, Ward pled guilty and got two life sentences without the possibility of parole for the deaths of Ashley and Miranda. But here's the thing. The Weaver legacy of murder continues.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Ward's son, Francis, was arrested and charged with murder in 2014 for murdering a drug dealer. He was found guilty and he too was given a life sentence.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: So he's the third generation of Weavers to be convicted of murder and sentenced to life. Holy shit. Is that not so bizarre and like allegedly the grandpa like the you know because we did junior the third and then the the son you know the whatever he was francis but the original ward francis Mm -hmm. weaver was just as bad like i don't like that he was like it said that um one of the youtube videos i listened to said that he allegedly like raped his wife and raped some of his kids, and so they all just grew up in these houses that all they knew was rape, and violence, and torture, and it just continued generation through generation.
0: Wow, that's so fucking sad.
1: When I first saw this recommendation, I was looking up Ashley and Miranda's story, and, you know, it was asking me, like, you know, on Google, it was like, Weaver the third, and I was like, okay, yeah, that's him, and then I was like, clicked on this one thing and it was a, um, the junior. And I was like, wait, what?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Wait, these aren't
1: the same. This is not the same. Hold on. Like it took me a second to figure out like, what am I reading? Like, wait, these are all the same names, but different. And these are different victims. Like what? And then I was like, (laughs) whoa, this is like generational. Yeah. Murders.
0: Wow. Well, can we take a break from that heaviness to talk about something that is, just better for your stomach better for your soul and when I say your I mean your dogs
1: I know that could only mean one thing Jinx is back literally before we started recording I put some food down for Jax and I was like shit I'm out a topper I've got to order me some Jinx to get some of the food toppers for Jax y'all know we freaking rave about Jinx because we really do love this product it is clean modern foods and treats designed for dogs by pet parents. One of my favorite parts is that each recipe has easy to digest proteins like organic chicken, superfoods like pumpkin, carrots, cranberries, and probiotics to help with their gut health.
0: Yes. Okay. So Marley, she has issues with being groomed and she just was groomed. Her skin was inflamed. You can ask Carrie. It was red. Oh my God. It's so bad. But she is so much better and I swear it's because of Jinx. Like her, her skin's not more red because I'm feeding her something that's bad for her. I'm telling you, her skin has really changed over the course of me switching to Jinx. And y'all know that she is my baby boo and she means the world to me and so i really think that jinx had a hand in that here's the thing is if you tried it and you didn't like it
1: jinx offers a 100% satisfaction guarantee if it's not your dog's new favorite food you get your money back
0: yes and every jinx purchase that provides a meal for a shelter dog through their give bark program which is the cutest
1: name ever yes So y'all have got to go to thinkjinx.com slash creep and get 15% off your first two orders. Yeah, I said two orders. (laughs) One, two.
0: Yes, because your dog deserves a healthier food that they actually want to eat and you feel good about feeding them. So go to thinkjinx.com slash creep. That's T-H-I-N-K-J-I-N-X dot com slash creep.
1: C R E E P. Well, I'll tell you what's creepy is these motherfuckers in this damn story I just did. Yes. That dad did like the, the Pete guy. There is no telling, like, what in the Israel keys.
0: I was thinking Israel keys and Toy Butt's killer. Yes, yes. Like Yes. They he, were on like the CB walkie talkies being like got alive when here like that they would all be best friends. Oh,
1: them and Robert Ben Rhodes. Remember him? I did him.
0: Yes. Okay, and I really hope things have changed. And I might be naive about this, but I really hate that you said that Ward, you know, had raped that girl Mm -hmm. and then charges weren't pressed because, oh, he went to the army. And it's like, that's not the right call because, okay, now you're sending him to... A whole new group of victims. hmm Like, are you freaking kidding me? And now it's not even on his fucking record. Right.
1: That's the thing, too, with me. It's
0: like, yeah,
1: now it's not on his record. So if it happens again, they can't make it like, oh, well, this has happened before. And now you can't see his escalation because it's escalating. Yes.
0: Oh, oh my gosh. That's so frustrating. And then three years for raping someone. Right. That, oh, my gosh. So much about your story, I hate Thank you so much for the recommendation, because that's really just mind-blowing to have, like, the generational murderers. I I mean, like, you should have seen my face when I was researching this. Well, and I'm surprised we didn't have a Paula and Gertrude moment here. Look,
1: it was close, because Ward was also known as Little Pete, and it it threw me (laughs) for a loop. And there were so many names. And there's possible that we had a Paul Gertrude moment and I
0: can't figure it out. (laughs) Well, you didn't slip back up, so I couldn't figure it out. So, whatever. Okay, so this might be like, Donna, what the fuck? Because we know how I am. But, okay, so with Bob Jr., Robert Mm -hmm. Jr., when he would go to his happy place and he would like basically hold his breath to get delirious Mm -hmm. or whatever, is... Do you think there's a difference between him, like, him doing that and Ward, if he had done that? Like, if you think Ward would have, like, a sexual fetish with that? Because that's kind of, like, how they do, you know, could like... Could be. And, and Bob, Robert may. We don't I, know I that was he just does wonder- it. Yeah, yeah, I was just you wondering. You could.
1: Well, because that's ultimately how that kind of stuff is, at times, I'm not saying all the time, but is developed,
0: Yeah, that's, I was just thinking that, and you know how my brain is, but, you know, that's what they say, people, like, the extreme, not Mm -hmm. just, like, oh, some light choking, but, like, the extreme, like, no, I'm about to black out that euphoria is what they do, and then that's how sometimes, like, they really do have those, oh, shit. Hey, dad, yeah. Yeah, because it gets that extreme. So I was just wondering, like, if you think there's a break in, like, the psyche of, like... It could be, and it could be, too, like... Because he had it done to
1: him, Robert maybe more like want that as part of his sexual desires done to him. Whereas someone like Ward wants to do that to other people, and you get a toy box killer. Yeah, but you know, like his sister um, Tammy, I think I think it was Tammy or Teresa, Teresa one that he was so terrible to. You know, she turned out not like him. You know, so it's like yes, there was. Some generational stuff, but there are also many other kids that have been born in this family that didn't turn out to be murderers. Oh, for sure. And it's like, and she had a ton of shit done to her, and she cut off communication with her family, went to therapy, got help, all the things, and she's nothing like them.
0: I wonder if he saw something when he was with his dad at the hotel.
1: Well, that was his stepdad,
0: Bob. Oh.
1: But his mom did say that when he came back, something was different about him.
0: Yeah. Well, I was just thinking because his dad had tied that girl up and how like. Yeah. So I was thinking like, what if he saw that? And, and Kid Brain was like, you're a witch. You know, like. Yeah made it like whatever a game, but he saw something like that happening. Well, and you know, Bob
1: wasn't a good guy. So there's no telling what he saw with Bob because I mean Bob got really drunk and Yeah. He could have done stuff to Ward. We don't know. Yeah. Thank y'all both for these recommendations on both of our stories.
0: Yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hopefully
1: y'all enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to like, review, subscribe, all the things and remember creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.